Hey there, just wanted to let you know there could be parts of this episode that are triggering. So I just wanted to inform you before you start listening, it is totally your choice to listen. If it gets too much, please step away and take care of yourself best as you can. And if you're someone who can listen and go back and forth and listen to it in parts, that is totally up to you. I just wanted to make sure I put the disclaimer before you go ahead and listen. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to It Didn't Break Me, a podcast where we have honest and vulnerable conversations around the messy stuff we didn't think we'd come back from, inspiring you to give yourself permission to discover the beauty within the mess and to let go the illusion of perfection. I'm your host, Bianca Keisha Hughes. Hello there and welcome to the It Didn't Break Me podcast. My name is Bianca Keisha Hughes and I am the host of the It Didn't Break Me podcast. Thank you so much for listening and for tuning in. I really do appreciate you being here. Just a quick reminder for you, if you have not done so already, that you have the option to leave a voicemail um, on my website, it didn't break me dot com and just share your experience just a quick two to three minute of something you thought would break you but it didn't and how you overcame and you are free to leave your name anonymously and then I will share that on the podcast so I am just gonna go straight in this is episode five of season two so I'm just gonna go straight ahead and introduce the guest today my guest today is Martha Mock Martha is an industry recognized confidence business coach with a global presence an international entrepreneur and founder of super confidence coaching Specializing in, in empowering business women to reach their full potential through confidence and achieving a balance between business, life, and relationship. She is recognized in the top 1% of all women's confidence, mindset, and business coaches in Australia. An international motivational speaker, an author of six ebooks and one co-author published book and a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming NLP. She has done a lot and you are going to love her conversation and just sharing her heart and her story. So let's go ahead and get in the conversation. Thank you so much, Martha, for being on the It Didn't Break Me podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. You are most welcome. So let's go right into it. Um, what is something you thought would break you, but it didn't? I think that of being someone who has been in silence for so long, someone that the society told me that I should shut up, be a wife, be a daughter, be a sister, be the woman that the world expect me to be. That almost break me. It mm. kept me in silence. 
It kept me through not sharing my feelings inside. It made me the greatest pretender in the world. On the outside, I was successful, I was positive, and I was always have a smile in my face. But I didn't know that smile didn't come from the heart. Not until on my 40th birthday, I decided to leave my abusive marriage, where I thought that my whole world will change. 19 years being with someone, and one day you decided that you'll be on yourself. That was tough. That was mm. hard. We start blaming on what other people do, blaming for all the pain that they have caused me. And that almost killed me. Not just wow. break me, but kill me. Wow. But the interesting thing is, once I realized that I need to own up to my part of responsibility on this, that's when everything changed. That I feel more empowered because I know even that was my choice, it was mine. I owned it. It is my decision to make. And I feel a lot more empowered after that. Wow. Wow. So I'm curious about this, what it meant to be silent. What was that life like, you know, of you being silenced, smiling on the outside, but not so much on the inside? It was like an imposter a fraud that you have to face every single day. You put on this persona that, yeah, I'm fine. The world would not break me down. No matter what happened behind the closed door, I will not let anyone to know, not let anyone to see. Not because I was strong. It was because I was on survival mode. It was mm. because that I just want to live the day as it is. There was one sentence that I used to say, that I do not want to live more than 60 years old because I was so depressed that I don't see life or light anywhere beyond that. But in saying that recently, I come to a realization, even that I said I only wanted to live up to 60 years old, but I didn't mean it as the fact that I just sit there, eat ice cream and cry about my day every single day. Mm. No. I choose a deadline for me to say that, hey, I'm going to live my life the best way that I want it. Get all the things that I want in life instead of letting other people drag me along, pretending that everything was okay, pretending that I was happy when I'm truly not, but I was too scared, too proud, and too embarrassed to even share that out. So it is that realization that also helped me to break free from silence. Wow. So can you tell us a bit as much as you can about what was causing the depression? What was causing you to live in fear? Coming from an Asian background, we're always told that we should just be tame. We should be respectful. Anytime that we speak up or share our view or we're overstepping someone, we are being egotistic. Oh, who are you to actually share that message? It mm -hmm. is from that bringing, bringing up, uh, even from our parents, what they wanted to do is to protect us. They wanted to make sure that we don't get hurt by other people. But in doing that, they didn't realize one thing. They haven't taught us how to be strong and face trouble and own our responsibility. So when I was young, I was bullied since the age of six 
That was the mm. biggest bully. And I didn't have any friends at school for whole three years. Pretty much feel like the whole school was against me. I was mm. always by myself. No one talked to me. And that went on for three years. And I didn't tell anyone about it. Even when my teacher back in that days, they know something was going on, but they didn't give me any support. Not like the school system now that where bullying is being quite recognized and people will do something about it. Back in my days, they were too scared. They don't know how to handle it. They just thought, oh, like if she's quiet, she must be okay. Because I pretended to be okay. I didn't cry. I didn't cry in front of them. So no one know what was going on. Basing from that, I become this needy person, someone mm. that who wants attention, someone that who value friendship, who want others to accept me. So when I come to Australia, going into a completely different place from the age of 10, didn't speak a work of English. I was very trying to fit into the new uh, environment. It was tough. But what did I do? I hide myself again. I try to be the people pleaser and join with the new group. I still remember one lunchtime, we were sitting together and I was just quietly chewing my sandwich. And a girl told me, you eat like a cow. Look at her. She looks horrible. She's chewing her food. And you know what? That caused me to become the fastest eater now because I was so scared to being called a cow again. All of that thinking have kept me in silence for so long. And that's what I feel like that I need to have this persona to pretend that I need to be strong. I need to be uh, good in myself. I don't listen to what other people say. And what label did I get at the end? Rebellion. Oh, she's a bad girl. She doesn't listen to what her parents said to her. I went to Hong Kong for three months to mm -hmm. have a, just to have a holiday at the age of 20. And I got married during that three months to a man that I know for two months. Whoa. And, How come? Yeah, got, oh, well, when you're 21, young and stupid and someone's quite <laughs> handsome and uh, charming and you thought that that would be the, the, the life that I want. But it was also because of the trauma that I had at young, that I didn't have anyone want me. So the first man that shows interest in me and want to be with me, I just decided to marry him. Guess what? It turned out to be a 19 years abusive marriage. No matter how many times I try to get out of it, I still let him drag me back in. I choose to be in the pain that I was in and hope that the result will be different. Mm. That was my life for a very long time. Wow. And on the outside, I want a very successful makeup business that I help people all around the world to feel amazing about themselves. But the one person that I neglect was myself. What was my happiness? What was, what is the stuff that I want? And like I mentioned before, until the day of my 40th birthday, I said to myself, since I only got 20 years to live, what do I truly want? And I realized that all I want was to be happy and find a person who loved me and treasure me for who I am, who will not call me ugly, bad, you're worthless, you're not even worth a pile of dirt. I want someone to see the value, the kindness, 
the generosity and the beauty inside mm-hmm. of me. Okay. And that's when I break free. Thank you for sharing that. That is so powerful and, and just gives us an insight to the different things you have experienced. And mm. the big thing I heard was the culture and how much your mm. culture that is ingrained in you. And I'm sure it's not something you're just hearing from your parents. It's mm. things that you're seeing and that you're observing mm. and that's how you know to be. And I'm also curious, you said that you chose to go back. And I'm curious is about what made you make that decision? Because of love, because that you thought you loved that person. Mm-hmm. And if you look deeper, it's because of fear, the fear of being alone, the fear that, oh, I couldn't do better. I couldn't find another person. When someone told you that you're ugly, you're fat, you're worthless, you think no one else in the world will accept you anymore. No one else will see the beauty in you. What beauty? You've been told you're worthless, not even worth a pile of dirt. In that mindset, that's what kept me keep going back to him because he feeds me attention. He feeds my loneliness. I remember I used to think in my head that, hey, it's better to have someone in the house than me being alone. So I just let him do whatever he wants to me because it feeds my fear. And Mm -hmm. that comes from a lot of personal development and training to realize the main reason that I stay first is because of love. Second was because of my own fear. Wow. Man, the things fear will make you do and love. Uh Uh-huh. It is interesting because we always say that we take our action based on two factors. It's either pleasure or pain. And a lot of the times that when people who are in an abusive relationship, they often choose pain because of the familiar, familiar Mm -hmm. feeling that they know. What is unknown is very scary. We don't know what will happen when we step out of that marriage. Who will I meet? Will there be another person that of what you want, uh, what you have before? And we often have a checklist in our heart that we don't recognize. This is the kind of person that we want. This is the life that we wanted to be. But because based on fear and that imposter syndrome that we have, who are we to get what we ask for? That thinking that other people once told you, you're not good enough for this. Who are you? That yeah. sentence drew into your head and inbred into your DNA and you allow that continue to drag you throughout your life. Yeah. And I can tell you a lot of us have experienced that. Which parent haven't told us that this is the wrong thing to do? Mm. It could be as simple as picking up a pen, start drawing. Yes, it's a wrong place. You shouldn't draw on the wall. But guess what? Because they told us this is a bad thing, we stop our creativity. We stop using colors. We stop expressing ourselves using colors and painting and, and writing because we were told taking our pen to do things was a bad thing. Mm. See how that traumatizes trial yeah. from a young age? Yeah, that makes and a lot of sense. Yeah, we all experience that in some age, maybe not a pen, maybe another thing, but it's because of those constant no, yes, they did keep us safe, at a lot of the times, I'm not saying that saying no is bad to your kids. It's just that sometimes we need to explain to the children why we can't do it. You can write, but I give you a book, not on the wall. You can cut, 
your fabric up, but not the curtains. Yeah. <laughs> Little things like that that you need yeah. to explain to them so you don't stop them from growing up and being the best version of themselves. And being a parents is hard. Like my parents were crazy hour just to make us a, a good living. And I appreciate them for all they have done. And coming from like um, an Asian family, moving from an Asian country to a Western country, they have to give up so much just to give us a chance of a different life. So yeah, all of sense. that, I'm grateful and I appreciate it. But doesn't make them like, it's not that... I believe everyone is a good parent at some point. I believe it. But how to get your kids involved, like it's their best potential. I think there's no written book on what we can do. There is. So they always just... say that, that there's yeah, no there manual. Do you, yeah. have, do you have children? Did you have children in this marriage? No, I didn't. Okay. I choose not to because I don't see how I can give them the best life that I want. My okay. life was struggling every single day. So I do not want to have a child coming into place and causing more pain. Like a lot of people, I do see it that women choose to have a baby because they feel lonely and sad that they need something. Thank God I have a cat. And that sort of satisfies me in that area. I don't want to have my own selfishness and then create another human to actually have them suffer. Okay. I don't choose that path. You said that you make this decision. You've been mm. um, abused for 19 years. And I'm sure there's many times when you went, you left and mm. came back. Mm. So what was different about this time when you are like, I cannot live like this anymore? What was different within you? The one sentence that I'm grateful he said it, it was the sentence that you are worthless. You're not even worth a pile of dirt. When I asked him that, why you're treating me this way? And mm -hmm. that was his reply. And that really wake me up. I'm like, I'm paying for everything in a house. He didn't have to work for almost 10 years. And I have, I am the one that who paying for everything, doing everything, doing all the cooking, washing, and I was still not good enough. And I was in that state of thinking like that. I'm an imposter. I'm not good enough in anything. For that long and for someone to tell you you're worthless, it is the one that you were feeding. And I'm like, no, I think something has to change because if you think I'm worthless, you can go and find your worth. I won't hold you back. Go and find your happiness because it's time for me to find mine. It was difficult because one of the reasons why I stayed back was I promised his dying mom that I will look after him. And mm. I kept that promise for a very, very long time. And it could be a cultural thing. It could be my personal ethics. I feel like that that was a promise to give. But when I gave it all and I still got a reply as that I'm worthless. So no matter what I do, it cannot satisfy him. So if that's the case, why am I holding him back? Because it is a choice. Like a lot of people don't realize that when we are in pain, it is a choice. It is actually not that we don't have another situation to go out. We don't have another pathway. It is because we are scared of taking the other mm -hmm. pathway. We're scared of the unknown. We're scared of not the familiarity that we are facing. So we kept ourselves in the same situation, but hoping for a different answer or hoping for a different result. Sometimes we need to own that pain and realize that, hey, you know what? It is my choice. I own it. I believe in it. 
and I'm going to wear it like a badge okay. until the day that you take that power back and realize you're in control, you will let that pain drag you along. Okay. So when you make this decision that you're not going to put up with this, this is it. This is the final time. I'm sure the list, I'm sure the listener is wondering, okay, well, how did that feel? Was you scared or whatever? And what was the next step in meaning? Did you move him out? Did you move out? You know, kind of those, take us through that process of. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure that everyone who make that decision will scare shitless inside. That's the mm-hmm. truth. But it also feel a sense of with um, empowerment and relief that I finally can see freedom. And once I said that this is the end of it, I start locking myself into the room. He was in the living room until that I told him, this is the day that I'm moving out. You got to work out what you wanting to do. And I just separated like that. So he, I was surprised that he didn't cause me too huge of a problem when I actually leave. He did threaten me a bit, but I just block out his call. I don't let him come close to me as soon as the, the paper was signed. Um, like as a woman, we've got to be smart. We got to get that paper to sign first. Once that paper is signed, I was just cutting all contacts off because every single time that he find me, he's only asking me for money. He's not mm-hmm. asking me how I was or anything like that. Now, all he did was just keep asking for me for money. So I really ended. One day I was sitting at the new house with my friend. We were sitting down and I see his call coming up and I immediately shake. Mm. My body was uncontrollably shaking. And my friend saw that he put my phone on silence and turned my phone away and did one action that saved my life. Push a button on our phone called block. Mm. Wow. I didn't know I could block him. Really? I could block him out of my life? Oh my God. I don't, I'm not responsible for him anymore. After 19 years, really? His action has no, no meaning to me. It doesn't affect me anymore. Oh my God. That was a huge realization. I could do this one action block to really block him out of my life. And of course he tries many ways to come back and I just keep blocking and blocking and blocking. Not because I hate him. Not because that I don't treat him as a human. I ask friends to look after him. I I sort of know what's going on on the background, but I have to do this action to block because if I don't block, he won't learn Mm -hmm. and I won't heal. That's the reason. It's not because we are a bad person that we completely Mm -hmm. cut off all the connection. It's just because we need to recognize and register that we are free now. It took me about six months after one day sitting in front of my TV, one night that all of a sudden after a Gordon Ramsay cooking show, it was very inspirational. (laughs) And I sit down and look at my wall and I'm like, I turn my head around, look at the left, looking at the right. I'm in a different environment. I'm with a friend here. I'm sitting in this really small place, but it feels safe. Mm. I have money on the table that I didn't need to hide anymore. Wow. I was free. This is what freedom feels like. And immediately quite uncontrollably. I feel like, oh my God, it's so scary. 
but it's kind of nice too because <laughs> I am free. Yeah. I can do what I want. I can have a guy next to me. I can eat whatever I want. I can put my shoes anywhere. I can put my money on the table and no one will take it from me. No wow. one will steal from me. No one would tell me that I didn't do a good job by putting the shoes back into the shoe rack. Wow. Mm. That was freedom. Yeah, that's, yeah. Because <laughs> especially when you were saying earlier that your fear of leaving was that, oh mm. my gosh, if I leave and I'm by myself, I'm going to be lonely, mm. right? That's mm -hmm. that's the story that you were telling yourself. Yes. But the reality was you were safe and you were free. Mm -hmm. And the choices that I can make now is actually based on me. Every single thing that I can choose to do, I own up to my decision. If I want to have an ice cream that night, I'm completely allowed to. If I want to have spaghetti, I can do that as well. No one can tell me they don't like my cooking because I'm the one who's eating it. So <laughs> there you go. That freedom, it is scary at first, but you will learn to love it, enjoy it, embrace it, and feel it even more. The more you get and the more that you realize what you want and what you don't want. It took me about a year and a half after my divorce to find the white man that I want to be with mm -hmm. and see my sentence, how it's different. Find the white man that I want to be with not find the white man to be with or he, I, he find me. No, I found the man that I want to be with. That's where confidence come in, that I choose to be with him because we all have a choice. Two people coming together is all a choice based on two people. Mm -hmm. it's, you can't change someone for what they're thinking. We can manipulate, we can lie, we can pretend, but all lies will come out at the end. You've got to be genuinely wanting to be with that person and the other person does the same and that's how a relationship is for. It's okay. not easy to find the white match, but guess what? Your chat list has some meaning. And when I was going for trauma therapy and when I met Malcolm, my current partner, I was still scared. I was so scared of being hurt. So every single little thing I would say, like, you know, if you don't think we're working, like you can move on. Mm -hmm. I was so scared. I thought that I was protecting myself. I thought that I was being confident, but the true thoughts, I was scared. Not until one day that my therapist actually told me, I said, oh, this is Malcolm, he does this A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then she said, oh, wow, isn't he? what you've been looking for, your <laughs> ideal partner. And I immediately like say, what? Really? He is? Let me go back to my checklist and have a look. <laughs> oh, wow. He is. Then why didn't I see that? Mm, why what? do I think that he will hurt me? Why do I think that he will scare me? It's because of my past trauma that hasn't been healed. Mm. All that fear is blocking me from seeing the beauty of him mm -hmm. and as soon as that realization come I appreciate him more I wow. realized that we both make an effort of being in a relationship and we've been together for three and a half years now and we're still going strong oh I love it so <laughs> kind of tell me where are you like how long has it been since you left and like where are you now I am we left properly about probably about four, four and a half, five years ago. I can't really remember anymore, okay, honestly. Okay. Because 
whatever it is that break doesn't matter. It's、mm-hmm. how I use that time. So what did I use in that time? I went in actually study a lot of personal development, and I study a lot on dating because、mm-hmm. I didn't understand men. My first husband and first boyfriend was my ex-husband, so I didn't understand dating. I didn't understand men. So after I got out from that、uh, marriage, I literally went on go on to sixty different courses to actually learn about how to talk to men, how to be myself. And the funny thing is, with dating coaches, the first thing that they teach you is not about how to be this sexy, alluring, amazing, attractive woman. It's actually to teach you how to forgive yourself. Mm. Not just about forgiving the person who hurt you, but forgive yourself for making that decision to let them hurt you, because no one can hurt you until you allow them to. And owning that power gave me control back in my life, because no one can affect my emotion until I allow that person to be. That was a really big realization. And yeah, like I thought that I would become a relationship coach to start with, but no, I end up going into confidence because I realize that is the one thing I'm very good at, and being the authentic self that I am. I don't care about what people say about my grammar, my English, my pronunciation. Coming from a non-English speaking background, I'm sure your listeners would probably resonate with that. We're so worried about how we sound, how we write, how we dress, because we worry about other people's judgment. But、mm-hmm. guess what? I don't have that fear anymore because I don't let them to allow me to be that fraud, that imposter that I used to be. Pretending that everything was okay. Yeah, I don't want to be that anymore. Ah,、oh, that's so beautiful. The fact that you don't want to be that anymore, and you're also that, helping, you're helping other people. Exactly, because I one of the passion that I have, what inspire me every single morning to get up, is that I can make someone's day. I can make someone's day happier. To realize that, hey, and own that power back.、Um, like this morning, I was talking to、um, a client, and then she、uh, she was sharing with me about being like quite down and starting to go into slipping back into a victim mode. The truth is that when we're in a victim mode, we don't realize that we have responsibility and we have power to get out. So. When we actually blame other people, blame other environment, blame what's going on in the world. Ah,、oh, the weather is not good. That's because I'm feeling sad today. It's because the sun didn't come out.、Mm-hmm. All the things that we can actually blame on. Once we realize that we have that choice, we have a choice, and we need to take responsibility. Yeah, I choose to actually not feel good. So, what other option do I have to make myself feel good? It is because of that that a lot of people don't see how they can see it. And if I can just Put an ice bucket onto their head and say, "This is why." Okay, now you have a choice. Okay, you can choose to be staying in that motion or go out, go to the sun, go to the beach, and go and start cuddling your cat or dog. You feel ten times better. It's a choice, and letting them know that everything has a choice and everything has a way is how you empower them to keep going. Thank you. I love that. Love that because it's like. I get that. Once you know you have a choice, you're、mm-hmm. like, oh yes, I do have this choice. I don't just,、exactly. you know, have to do it this way. You need to do it this way. I can make this、yeah. choice. It's very empowering. Yes.、Yeah. So,、um, Martha, you've been so good and just shared so many gems. 
Um, so is there anything you would like the listener to take away? Anything you just want to share real quick? Mm, I wanted to let any everyone know that being an imposter uh, is okay because it was a shelf that you used to be able to survive in that situation you're in. You don't need to continue to feel that way because what makes you feel like an imposter, they are all the opportunity that you can have to become owning that responsibility, owning that action, owning that title that you want it to be. So no matter what you have done before in your life, what situation that you choose that you feel like you need to pretend to make it happen, all the pretending that you have done is not a fault. It's not a, a mistake. It is just something to protect you so you can actually go through the next day. So now that you know there's an option, you can make a different choice. You can use different methods to find yourself again, to allow yourself to make the mistake the way you want it. So even if you fall down, you will still smile. <laughs> I make that mistake. That's what authenticity means. And once you find, discover your authenticity, you can do it. And by overcoming all the imposter syndromes that you have, and what you can do it with is by having confidence. Confidence is such a powerful tool. It could be simple as voicing out what you want. That takes confidence and courage. Just admitting that you have some uh, areas of improvement that also take bravery to actually do that. Mm -hmm. So use confidence as your grand support to lift yourself up day by day. And before you know it, you will become this person, this authentic self, this person that have clarity, direction, and passion that you always wanted to be. And when you, you, you need support, always ask for help. That I wish were one thing that I know back in my days was learning how to ask for support. I mm -hmm. didn't. I thought that I could toughen it up. <laughs> just like Wonder Woman, I will never need to ask for help. And guess what? Asking for help is a sign of oh, bravery. Yes, It's not a sign of weakness. Yes. So ask, speak, talk to the right people because everyone can go and buy a self-help book. Everyone can actually go onto YouTube and listen to motivation work. It's like weight loss. How hard it is for us to lose that few pints when we're doing it all by ourselves. That's when coaching and consultation or therapist comes in because they are there to help you and guide you to get to the goal that you want. Mm -hmm. So ask for help. I love that. I love, I feel like I'm just going to sum up everything that she said. Mm. She just gave you permission. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. Permission to be your authentic self. That is literally what you did. I'm not going to mm -hmm. say it as amazing as you did, but that's what it sounded like. You literally given people permission and letting them know it's okay if you're an imposter or okay to ask for help and okay to be on this journey. So thank you. So mm -hmm. um, my other favorite question I like to ask people is what is something that is messy in your life? Currently, I think that our brain is always going to be the most messy part. As okay. a creative person, I have so much ideas that I wanted <laughs> to do, but finding it hard to actually complete it all. So when uh, things like that, I think it is a good 
good thing that like what we do what coaches when we coach other people we actually coach ourselves mm-hmm. um i find that the best way to get out of the messiness is first own it having that acknowledgement that there is something messy second thing is realize that there is an, another way out so what what do I need to do? What don't I need to do? Uh, what's some of the things that I can delegate and what are some of the things that I can delete, which is like the 4D. That um, do it, delegate, delete, or um, uh, what is the last one? Uh, uh, do it. So all of those things that you can actually do to actually make your brain less messy. Because once we have a clean mind, that clarity, everything will become decadent because okay. there's a lot more clarity of what you need to do next. So I said the first messy area will be my brain because once my brain is clear, I have a better direction of what I need to do next. Okay, I love that. The brain, oh, I can totally relate. Totally, totally. <laughs> so where can people shower you with love? Where can they find you to shower you with love? Definitely, if they search on social media, looking at Martha Mock or Super Confident Coach, I'm the first one that will come up from Google. You'll be able to find me from across all platforms, TikToks, uh, IG, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of the things, finding Super Confident Coaching. That's my company name. And I'm looking for Martha Mock. All right. Well, thank you so much, Martha. It has been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I don't know about you, but I really thought that was such a powerful story. And I love her, not her experience, but more so sharing her experience and the steps that Martha took to make a change so as always i'm gonna share some personal takeaways so my first takeaway is just the importance of choice and the fact that she reminded us that we have a choice and in actually being more intentional about our choices we can take our power back And we don't have to be in this place of victim mode. Now, I know that could be very hard for someone to hear, but, you know, because things happen and this does not excuse the things that happen or make the things happen, um, what happened to you, okay? This is about not allowing those things that have happened to have power over you. The other thing is, I think I've said this numerous times, is the story we tell ourselves and how important it is to really kind of reality check and step out in regards to the story we tell ourselves. Because her story was, if I leave him, if I leave my husband, then I'll be lonely. But the truth was, she actually felt more safe and had more freedom. So sometimes we just have to be like, ask ourselves, is this really true? What I'm thinking and what I'm believing? Kind of like, what evidence do I have to support that? And the last thing is that how much of our culture impacts our decision-making. I've talked about culture previously in season two episode about being single didn't break me and And my guest there, she was American, Pakistani, and her culture impacted who she married. And it's interesting, again, in this another Asian culture, or, you know, this is various cultures, but that the 
message that is given to women is about being quiet and that how this then silenced Martha internally and she got into so many different situations and impacted her decision making ultimately choosing someone who was giving her the intention that she desired so so many other things can impact our decision but a big part of this is our culture our environment and I think that's just very important to note so thank you so much for listening please remember to shower muff with love um, in any way you can just share your appreciation and also don't forget to share this episode in your text group to the text the person you text the most I know who I text the most they're my top three on my um, iPhone but text this to the person you text the most they will very much appreciate this were you inspired by this story Here are some ways you can shower me and the podcast with your appreciation and support. Follow, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Share the podcast via text with your people, with your tribe. Subscribe to the newsletter where I share my personal stories of discovering the beauty within the mess. And lastly, follow me on Instagram at authenticallybu for tips and insights on overcoming perfectionism so you can embrace your imperfections and authentically be you. Thank you so much for listening to the It Didn't Break Me podcast and remember to discover the beauty within the mess.